Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to put a hot water spigot in your apartment so I can finally get some goddamn hot chocolate during these recordings. That's right, it's grunt work. And think of the summers of the past, adjust the bass, and let the alpine blast... <laughs> Pop in our podcast and let us run a rhyme and put your car on cruise and lay back because this is Grunt Work, <laughs> your favorite podcast about the television show Home Improvement. And the intros are why it's your favorite. You could listen to many other podcasts, but only one starts the way that ours does. <laughs> I am Landon, Ashes to Ashes Solano, joined always by Truman, my co-host, Dust to Dust Caps. That's my apartment is very dusty. It gets <laughs> it gets dustier and dustier. <laughs> Indeed, uh, so does mine because uh, we live in one of the filthiest uh, states in the union. Yeah. Wow. I mean, is you, that what people still call the United States? The, the union. The union. Yeah, they do, and they, all, they also California is known as the filthy state, not the golden state or anything else. <laughs> It is it is the dust state. Yeah. I think that you tackle your dust better than I do, though, because I look at the... We have the same color of Ikea furniture, and mine <laughs> has a thin, powdery layer on top. Not <laughs> cocaine, mind you. Uh, whereas yours does not, as though you clean every day. Uh, not every day, but I do try to keep it uh, dust-free as much as possible. Like, uh, I also have a Roomba, which does it goes a very long way to just uh, uh, clean up the dander that uh, comes up from the carpet when you're walking around. So. Okay, okay. This episode brought to you by Roomba. I hope so, because I am always needing replacement parts. Uh, really? It's that, yeah. it's, that, it's that hard to maintain? No, I mean, it's just you you have the, the lint trap, you have the various components that just need uh you know you get a a really stubborn piece of thread that gets wrapped around one of its uh uh bristles a phantom thread if and you will. like you could spend a half an hour trying to dislodge that baby or you could just get a replacement and uh move on with your life or how much is or, your time worth <laughs> well or you could just you could just upgrade your Roomba with more power like what would what would Tim do to his Roomba? That would a hundred percent be in a modern episode of Home Improvement. They would have a Roomba that he has overcharged. The the grunt creep would be the Roomba. I'd be riding the Roomba like uh, the end of uh, Doctor Strangelove. <laughs> yeah, Home Improvement. And a modern day grunt creep would hundred percent speak. Oh yeah, no no, the, a modern day grunt creep would rap. That's that's the thing. The the whole. I think it would be sort of, it would either be 90s style Will Smith rapping yeah. or 2010s style uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, let me rap a bunch of facts to you about what's going on <laughs> with, with really good wordplay. My name is The Grunt Creep and I'm here to say home improvement every day because that's literally what my body's made of. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the only thing I'm capable of doing. <laughs> Oh, it's man. like uh, the Grunt Creep is the minions in that they, they don't have a language, and literally the only thing the Grunt Creep can speak is home improvement. Like, that's <laughs> his only two words is home and improvement. Or I guess it's like group. Yeah, that's what I was going to think. Yeah. yeah, Grunt meets the minions Yeah, uh, for the worst movie I've ever <laughs> pitched in my life. You know, I like at least half of that movie. I'm not, cra <laughs> I'm not crazy about them. And actually, a Groot-centric movie probably wouldn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I guess I'm with you. That is there a bad you go. pitch. Uh, Truman, we have to cover something in our, our little preamble here. We we were negligent. Oh, yes. Uh, last episode, we didn't deliver to you the very reason you tune in every week. It's not like it's in the name of our fucking podcast or anything. <laughs> how, how would we remember to do the grunt count? Uh, we were negligent. 
It's because I was negging you, though. Oh. Uh, yeah. Me or the, the listeners? Oh, the listeners. Oh, I'm, tr- okay. I'm trying to fuck everyone who listens to this podcast, <laughs> except for family members. So you guys get a pass. Everybody else, though, look out. I'm going to be on your front doorstep with a with a dozen roses and a bottle of Bartles What about my James. family members? Maybe, okay. maybe, you know, right. I, on a case by case basis. I mean, unless you, unless you veto it, like I give you the <laughs> no ch- way, man. That's good. I'm in season. Hey, well, you free know, love for everybody. Uh, that's that's good. That's good. If I had a larger family, I would make that same offer to you. But currently, all of my surviving family members are married. Uh, so yes, take the, us into grunt creep. No grunt count land. Yes, we were in a pretty creepy grunt work land a second <laughs> yes. ago. Uh, so on also, the, our corners have turned into lands all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't, well, it's because we're expanding. We're getting oh, yeah. bigger. It's like a Narnia thing. You go into a corner. That wall down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, platform nine and three grunts. Uh, <laughs> so in our last in our last episode, mm-hmm. uh, which I've already forgotten the name of, sadly. A so-so evening. A so-so evening, which was my favorite episode of Home Improvement. Not so-so-so. I, well, we did a so-so job of keeping up on all of our duties. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> duties. That's great, man. That's really good. <laughs> uh, so the grunt count in that episode was 11. Wow. There were 11 grunts. Okay. Uh, they came in moments... I mean, it was honestly the bulk of the grunts in that episode were... Um, There's a scene early on where Tim is talking to the boys mm-hmm. and saying like, Oh, you're, you're not taking you're not taking chop with the nails and the hammers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was like... Exactly. He does five of those. And then, the, and then Brad says, Well, I'm taking home it because there's 30 girls in the class. And then Tim goes, oh, yeah. (laughs) And so that pretty much much covers. So there's like 10 grunts there and then one grunt in the Wilson scene. (laughs) Just a stray grunt flying in the wind. Just 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 chucking grunts out there like he doesn't even care. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, we won't forget to to do the grunt crown. Oh, God. Well, we'll we'll do the grunt crown. We're not even past the preamble, and I'm already (laughs) slurring my words here. What if the grunt count? was like a character like the grunt creep the grunt count was like a noble figure who like almost a sesame street character almost like like <laughs> yeah like like uh 11 grunts ah 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 oh, oh, oh. oh that's it. oh man how did i how did i not make the basic logical leap to go from oz to grunts i don't I don't know. This German. is why we. This is why there have to be two of us. Because <laughs> and even when there's two of us, we can't even remember to do our jobs. Oh all the time. my god! Uh, I do have one more thing for the preamble here. G- um, give me the thing. I put it out to Twitter and Facebook, the the social media places in which I mention at the end of every episode. Social media land. Um, to start asking you guys, the listeners, for questions for us. They can be either home improvement related or home improvement unrelated. <laughs> That covers everything on Earth. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which was the point. Oh, good. Um, I see. I see what you did there now. <laughs> and and we got some bites. We got. I, I we saw. have our first question, uh, which is from our our pal over at the Halloween podcast. Ah. Um. He says, uh, "Am I the only one that does the dad air sax move during the opening song of Grunt Work Podcast? <laughs> Not Home Improvement." Our, po- our, our well, I mean, we take the Tool Time theme song and repurpose it. No, work, it, it's, but it's ours now. We, it I, I feel like us. we're we're <laughs> we wrote it and performed it. <laughs> that's getting into weird. Uh, hey, that's, no, that's right, Disney. That song is ours. Oh, no. uh, what is this <laughs> only mean? one of us believed that? <laughs> okay, so he's asking: Is it weird that he is he the only one who does the dad air sax yeah. when that plays? I mean, we're, I mean, I've got opinions on this. Yeah, so well, you want please to do, do, launch into it. Okay, so here's here's where I am on 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 saxophone. I don't do the air sax when I hear it. I do kind mm-hmm. of do the dad sort of juking left and right. I think we both do. If you could see it, mm-hmm. it's sort of uh, uh, like shoulders 
Yeah, uh, he's kind of shimmying a little yeah. bit. Do, when you're standing, do you move at all, or are you just kind of stationary, I, you know, moving what? like a almost like a Pillsbury Doughboy if he was kinda dancing? Like, kind of like that. Kind of like listen, the real dance that I do. I have one dance, and it is the gopher at the end of Caddyshack. That's exactly what I was trying to yeah. picture. Yeah, na 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 na. If you just if you just you get the the video of the end of Caddyshack is on YouTube. And you know what's funny? We're sitting at a table right now, and I can't see the lower half of your body. So when you do that, I can very easily picture you popping up out of the ground <laughs> to do this dance. I really wish that every movie ended like Caddyshack with just Rodney Dangerfield yelling, "We're gonna get laid," and then a gopher dancing. Like I'm talking Dunkirk. Yeah. I'm talking Phantom Thread. <laughs> Every movie should end that yes. way. Well, I think perfect. those boys in Dunkirk should have gotten laid. <laughs> they earned it, didn't they? <laughs> and I'd just be so excited that the gopher got evacuated successfully, too. <laughs> and the Germans oh are like Bill Murray, trying to kill him the whole time and failing. <laughs> uh, we're, we're off track. Um, so in terms of the, as far as uh, saxophone music, yeah. I don't do air sax, but what I do when I, what I do do, I, I didn't want <laughs> I didn't want to give you, I didn't want to give you, <laughs> could see it in my eyes I'm like, I, know. I don't want to set them up for this but it's not going to sound right otherwise what i do when i hear uh saxophone music playing because yeah. i like a lot of 70s and 80s uh rock music and they were a little more liberal with their usage mm-hmm. of saxophone then we know about your obsession with kenny g yes oh oh yes yes well anyone who is in band <laughs> gets a certain amount of exposure whenever there is a saxophone solo in yeah. anything like careless whisper uh, classic 80s tune careless whisper one of my uh, favorite karaoke jams oh certainly certainly i love uh i love the uh the logical song by super oh, tramp yeah. mm-hmm. there, there's a saxophone solo that comes out of fucking nowhere <laughs> then you're in it what i like whenever what i like to do whenever there's a saxophone solo in a song yeah. is i just pretend that it's bill clinton playing it and that it's like especially in logical song where the sax solo comes out of nowhere i like to pretend that bill clinton is basically burst onto the stage with his saxophone like the kool-aid man like exactly like that oh yeah oh yeah uh that's not good that was like jill that's not a good bill clinton at all oh yeah Uh, it's raspier it's in the throat oh yeah now that's just creepy the point is Bill Clinton bursts through the wall with a saxophone. It's yeah. super tramp like they had another sax. They didn't want Bill Clinton there. They weren't planning on it, but he's just playing and jamming. And then I just picture the rest of the band being angry that just Bill Clinton is there. Like, when is he going to leave? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, more okay. or less. So that's, I mean, so I guess that if I'm picturing anything mm-hmm. when the, when our theme is playing, I'm picturing Bill Clinton jamming it and me just kind of dancing like the gopher from Caddyshack. So. I, I, well, I love this uh, visual you're painting. Th- thank you. Well, yeah. I've really steamrolled this so far. What, what, I mean, well, yeah, your... it's hard to follow that. Mine is like... That's uh... why I offered to let you go first, man. <laughs> Mine is, uh, you know, a very... <sighs> Not something that I don't think our listeners would be unfamiliar with. I t- tend to like... And it's not even just with sax stuff. Um, I used to, I w- in my youth, I used to be much more akin to the air instrument playing. Sure. And I will still, in my car from time to time, pull up plane trains and automobiles and, like, do <laughs> do the, like, the, the piano, the keyboards, everything on the dashboard if, you know, I'm sitting in traffic. Driving with your uh, knees. I, I've gravitated more towards drums, uh in later years it's more um, satisfying it is and you know i i think i have more rhythm more percussion rhythm than i do like understanding how guitars work i yeah yeah uh, it's a, i don't know what the fingers up on the frets are supposed to be doing yeah. <laughs> the, the air frets what i have done in later years I, i've i've given up the air instruments and i've gone as i said what i think listeners will be be familiar with are the mouth instruments. Oh, yes. So, and I find myself, especially 
when I listen to our episodes, uh, doing to this theme song. Wow, that's really, that's remarkably good, actually. You were talking about Kenny G earlier, but I think he's been dethroned. Um, and I do that both with, uh, with like, wind instruments, but I'll do it with guitars, too. I can't do one off the top of my head with it, but... Um, Can you do that for other songs, though? Can you do, do you do, like, mouth, you know, mouth singing, mouth instruments for, like, Wish You Were Here or I something do it like to that. Huey Lewis a lot. Huey uh, Lewis I find that's a, a good one. Very deserving of yeah, that. There's a um, lot of saxophones in Huey Lewis. Also, like Bill I said, Clinton it's not, jams it's not out. just wind instruments. It's, like, it's any, any instrument. Uh, I mean, maybe not drums. You can't really do mouth drums um <clears throat> challenge accepted <laughs> uh so yeah that's that's my response to that okay okay well so i think we can definitively say halloween podcast that no you're not the only one i mean you might be the only one doing dad air sacs yeah. to it but you're certainly not the only one who's letting the music move you in a way <laughs> and, that might be embarrassing and forcing you to do dumb dad shit yeah yeah, yeah we're certainly we're certainly dadding it up here <laughs> Uh, anyhow, so if you have a question for us, uh, whether it's home improvement related or unrelated, please hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, you can send us an email if you want. Um, you know, why don't you, you can record uh, your question and oh. we'll play it on air if you want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it provided, well, we're going to listen to it first to make sure there's not like <laughs> like satanic messages in there if you play it backwards. But other than that, yeah, please, we are truly experts. As yeah. I think as you can see, there are no people better qualified to answer your questions. <laughs> and you can send all those questions to our email address, which is at grunt, uh, info, I-N-F-O as an in information, info at gruntworkpodcast.com. Podcast.com. And, and hey, and but what is but what is a tweet if not just like a really short email that everyone can read? It's very true. It's like those emails that uh, sometimes your coworkers send that have the entire message in the subject line and then nothing in the content. Yeah, man. It's like just <laughs> just you know, just hit me up on Slack. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> oh man, but Truman. Landon. Do you know what we did this week? We watched an episode not of Murphy Brown. No. Not of Trapper John M D. <laughs> No, sir. It was home improvement it once was. again. We are we are what like like sixty for sixty on home improvement episodes. I think so, just about. Yeah. Um, do you have a synopsis for us? I I have. Just watch me. Okay. When and they, I listen. Oh, well, okay. That's optional, man. You you your ears can do whatever you want them to do. I will. I'll sign. Uh, do sign language of the synopsis for our listeners. And and that's great that no one can see it because that way it won't be offensive to the hearing impaired community. <laughs> <laughs> they, they will just imagine you doing it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when Mr. Binford dies, everyone is emotionally affected by his passing, except for Tim. While Al and Jill are both moved to tears by the death of a man who's played a major role in their lives and their careers, Tim finds himself unable to cry about it because he doesn't know how to grieve his old friend. After Wilson explains that people grieve in different ways, Tim celebrates Mr. Binford's life with a 21 nail gun salute on tool time that predictably goes wrong. Meanwhile, Jill has been roped into stuffing envelopes for yet another library fundraiser. She enlists the boys for help with mixed results. And that's your episode, guys. It is. Uh, and it was an episode. How do you feel about this one? I feel like I I called it last week when I said the next episode is probably going to, like, if the next episode does not meet. Yeah, it was a drop off. It was a, it was a little drop off. It it I would say it was a sharper drop off. It was... This episode was trying to be an emotional, very special, capital V, capital S, episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right on down to crossfades, which are so jarring right yeah, now. they are. I Well, they have crossfades with the most ambitious transitions we've seen yet. 
Yeah, truly. Well, I don't know if the transitions this week were more ambitious than before. Like, they weren't getting flung into other scenes and turning into central Well, okay, props. yeah, true. But, I mean, we have the, like, filmed uh, transitions a la, you know, the dancer uh, from yeah. Dance with Tools or the, you know, karate, uh, karate or not, here I come. Yes. Um, and <clears> we've got the, and we do have a, uh, uh, we have another getting punched yep. uh, transition again, like karate or not, here I come. I think that one was a jump kick, wasn't it? Wasn't a... a a karate master doing a spin kick through well, the frame. Well, Landon, here we are. Here we are schooling each other on transitions. The f- <laughs> at first, it is a karate kick guy, but at the yeah. very end of the episode, when Tim gets punched by the dude, then yeah. it's like a boxing glove. Uh, okay. So, uh, These go in my brain and then leave immediately. Lucky you that they leave. <laughs> I, mine, mine, they're in there forever. They will not leave. Uh, yeah, so it's not. I'm. I'm not. What did you think? I mean, um, yeah, it didn't. This episode didn't blow me away, but it definitely didn't suck. You know, it didn't. It didn't, it didn't like, suck you away. I, I this. I still place this episode over the first two episodes of the season, mm-hmm. uh, where I was like, oh no, what is this becoming? This one felt like they were aiming for something and didn't quite hit it, but at least it was consistent enough of an episode that just fell a little bit flat. It didn't seemed like it was just wandering aimlessly. Yeah. Um, But before we go any further, do you want to try to guess the name of this episode? I do. I have some some ideas about what this would be called. Okay. This episode is, is it called Good Grief? Ooh, good guess. Oh. (laughs) It's also the name of an Arrested Development episode, Ah. so that's kind of clawing at something that's already there uh the crying game Ooh, i like that one too uh no no big surprises at the end of this one though okay uh tear today gone tomorrow (laughs) that one's fantastic and and the one that i'm almost certain it is don't cry for me algin tool man oh my god Eh? Uh, Eh? that's exactly that's Eh? the one right on the nose (laughs) i win i don't have to do the podcast anymore Uh, no, what, what is it called? This one is called Avivaderci Benford. Uh, and I take a little bit of an issue with the IMDb trivia for this, which says that it's a reference to uh, Roy, Wa- Roy Rowland's uh, Seven Hills of Rome, which is a U.S.-Italian co-production in which it's named in Italy as Avivaderci Rome, which seems like that is a such an obscure thing for them to try to tie together and also it's a broad enough title that it doesn't have to be attached to that it's, yeah. it's weird if that's if that's I really call them, i call that bullshit if that's really what it is that's the marianas trench of deep cuts like <laughs> yeah, they're right. like you need you need to go to urgent care for a cut that deep that classic film seven hills of rome L- lord knows if there was one <laughs> thing your garden variety american primetime sitcom viewer liked in the 90s it was the seven hills of rome <laughs> and it's italian translation which all of them knew about because they had gotten on to i guess video hounds movie <laughs> database book that they all had right. on their tv and saw the italian translation yeah, exactly uh i mm. i mean i even only know one film by this director and it's not even a great he did a film noir called witness to murder with barbara stanwick and like that's even in the film noir circles as like an obscure film yeah. so th- th- i'm calling bullshit uh where where's the bull did you find this uh item on imdb to be bullshit <laughs> Yes, I did. That's that seems like about forty percent of the items you find on IMDb, though. <laughs> Very true. Uh, so, do do you want? I mean, Doctor, do you want to make a circular incision and kind of open up this episode's chest cavity and just start, like, I guess, pulling out organs? What do you do in an autopsy? Uh, dive right in. Oh, gross! 
it's a, I, I don't know what kind of like reverse uh, reverse the thing move that is. <laughs> yeah, let's go in. Um, we start with the cold open uh, where Tim is watching a fight on TV. Can only imagine. Maybe he's watching George Foreman. Yeah, fighting a staircase with his <laughs> mouth. He's just watching an old episode of Tool Time. Um, I, would you put it past him, really? I mean, we've seen him do that. <laughs> the grunt creep pops up from behind the couch and then just gets kind of dizzy and falls over. Which, I mean, I, can I be honest? Yeah. I saw that and was like, a little disappointed. After after what's happened recently, <laughs> legs, arms. Oh, what, you're just doing the shit that you were yeah. doing last season? Fuck that. No, come on. <laughs> up the ante, guys. Um, Jill is on the phone, and uh, she is trying to get Tim's attention, saying, Hey, Tim, you know what my problem is? And he's just not. Tim not is just fixated on the TV. Tim, you yeah. know what my problem is? Man, Tim, man. you know what my problem is? You're repeating yourself. <laughs> but I'm... Uh, she comes over and says that uh, someone, I can't remember the name of the woman, uh, was convincing her to do the library fundraiser. Yeah. Which, I, I thought she was already committed to that. She, she, she's like, I'm too nice. Uh, what, what's her name? Just talked me into doing the library fundraiser. But, but he, yeah, like, she's talking about it as though this is something she's never done yeah, before. Yeah, like, this is the first time she's ever done it. It's like, what is it with... This show and library fundraisers. <laughs> Are there no other activities that a woman can do aside from library fundraisers? Uh, she can be a researcher at Inside Detroit Magazine. Which presumably she still is. <laughs> and she's talking about like now with that being there competing for attention, she can't yeah. do it. I mean, I feel like this is a memento type thing where she's forgotten that she did it in the past. <laughs> it is weird considering how much attention is paid to continuity on the show, uh, especially for a sitcom. Yeah. Uh, all these kind of sly references to past characters who we you know like sheila who we haven't even seen yeah it was a callback such a minor callback in the end of last week's episode yeah to a character in the previous season yeah um it's weird i i don't know it it's yeah it's it seems careless it seems like an oversight because it mm-hmm. would have just taken a couple of lines like they either could have made it be a different thing right or just had her say oh i'm doing the library fundraiser again but i can't do it anymore <laughs> because now i have a job and i didn't before I don't know. Take us into what what the out of this scene is, because it's problematic. So Tim Tim is saying you should have just lied to her and told her that you have to spend time with your husband who has a severe mental problem. And then she says, oh, how would that be a lie? But on and then credits. But <laughs> that was the entire crux of last week's episode. Yeah. Not only is the joke pretty weak, but like this is the whole thing. They just we just spent. <laughs> Like it's it's frustrating that you guys just did your best episode and then it's like the characters don't even remember anything that they learned from it. That's like a special punch in the face to me who really liked it. Like yeah, right, exactly. The one episode where Tim feels like he learned something, uh, but and and clearly he did not. Yeah. So and I don't know. I mean, I guess if there's any growth there, it's the fact that Tim wants Jill to say bad things about him. Yeah. I mean, at least at least what Tim is showing is like, yeah, you got upset when I said a bunch of bad things and a lie about you, but I will let you do anything, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Uh, but that takes us into the theme song, which I was taking notes this time and completely missed Brad uh, looking at us and stealing one of my secrets. You lucky bastard. He took one of mine. Oh, and no. I have to talk about it, I think. Well, as, as Per, our, per our, our, our habit, we need yeah. to share about this. Um, I need to warn... This is not... I'm not super proud of this. Oh, no. And okay. I need to... I also need to warn my girlfriend that if she's listening, she may not find this one funny. So maybe just skip ahead uh, for a minute, two minutes, and and don't give me crap about this later. Uh, 
so when I was studying abroad in London in college, uh, I was I, I I was quite an aficionado of the uh, Indian food. Um, <laughs> this is and, already new information that I didn't know about you. Yes, well, I mean, you, you didn't know I liked Indian food, really, man. <laughs> so I uh, was one day taking the tube home. Uh, the tube, folks. Listen, for those of you who aren't world travelers like me, uh, the tube is what they call the London Underground, and the London Underground is what they call the London Subway. Uh, they also have the restaurant Subway in London. They have these weird, like, flatbread pizza things there that they don't have in the United States. I burned my mouth badly on one, like, my third day in the country. This is not the point. I'm taking the tube home, uh, and I had eaten uh, Indian food for lunch that day, and we're on the tube, and I get a case of what... What can we call except the vapors, uh, gas, as the Yankees might call it? Butt vapors. The butt vapors, yes. And and so you know, it's there's a long ride ahead of me, and we're on this train. And subways, <laughs> folks, subways smell pretty bad anyway. So I don't know how much like reservation one would have about this. So I shall we say very silently into the seat cushion, uh, dealt with the gas that I was having, and everything was fine. You're. you're... I, I want to applaud you just for how diplomatically you are uh, handling the descriptions of this. There are people in my life who don't think fart jokes are super funny, and I'm trying to to. <laughs> well, this is funnier. I personally uh, uh, okay. Think. Well, that's good. I'm tr- I'm trying I'm trying to serve a man cannot serve two masters, and yet here I am. I'm trying to serve my comedy masters of the podcast and my girlfriend who probably isn't jazzed about this joke. The point is. <laughs> I, uh, so I, I take care of that situation, uh, but the situation is handled silently, but then I, I moments later find, oh dear, even though this train car smelled bad before, it smells considerably worse now, and, and it smelled so bad, in fact, that the woman in front of me, I see her take a scarf out of (laughs) her purse and wrap it around her, her nose and mouth, and then the, the, the windows on the underground, they do open a little bit. They're like on the school bus, how they're, they're keyed, uh-huh. so they'll only open like a couple inches. Yeah, right. The woman sitting next to her repeatedly <laughs> got up and tried to open the window more than it already was. Like, just like trying to like, maybe we didn't get it right. Maybe we can get another millimeter of window open. Um, and just trying, and she could not. And so that's a, that's a secret that I've carried with me. I've always felt sincerely bad that I ruined these two English women's days. <laughs> but... Um, oh. Brad has that now, and now the world has it, so hopefully I've negated the power of Brad's secret. <laughs> there you go. No one can hold that over you anymore. No, no you one You are can... taking Brad's power away from him. I, I couldn't hold that in, and they couldn't... <laughs> no, they can't hold that over me. <laughs> so, f- folks, I hope you're happy about the choices of podcasts that you've you've chosen to download onto your, onto your, uh, onto your computer wow, or well, your uh, whatever yeah, else. Front work has taken a turn, um... <laughs> but just like a fart in the wind, <laughs> the theme song floats us to the episode it, of Tool Time. Just like a fart in the wind, <laughs> the kids go yowie yowie. <laughs> yowie yowie. Uh, we are on the Tool Time set. Yes. Where? <laughs> let's just take a breath. Where uh, they are doing a product corner for squeegees, which I have to imagine that woman probably wish she had one for the windows for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure they got fogged up a little bit. Uh, yeah, Tim and Tim and Al are demonstrating, like, Tim is demonstrating a standard size squeegee. Al is. Al is, yes. Yeah. And, which is then Tim's uh, Tim's segue to, to introduce a massive, super huge squeegee. One that doesn't even fit on our television screens. And it's a big television. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's he's talking about how you can you know, they're all oh, for super huge windows. You know, you can clean an entire storefront window in just a minute. 
And then Tim says, or you can clean Al's mom's back in under an hour. This just... At this point, I mean, it's... I'm I'm getting... The Al's mom jokes are annoying. But he's going so far with them at this point that, like, the visual of Al's mom... She's, like, become a Godzilla figure. Like, she's not even just a big woman. She is a giant creature. Oh, Godzilla! Oh, no! Godzilla! And my mouth continues to move after I say You look just like Tim Allen when you do that. Just as funny, too. Uh, yeah, she is, she is beyond Norm's wife at this point. She is, uh, an an unspeakable Lovecraftian horror. (laughs) She is the nigga ass. (laughs) Yeah, you know, her, her, her legs go up and then there's just, just nothing. It's just a woman's legs go up into Al's mom and then back into the, the lower back. Al's mom really, to me, is sort of like the, 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 like, uh, nurse or the nanny on Muppet Babies who is just legs. (laughs) Maybe yeah. that's it. You know, it's everything up there is just I love it. mysteries. So from Al's mom's joke, we go, oh, you get your your patented little uh, them not knowing how to transition from one scene <laughs> to the next. Yeah, they stand there, the theme plays, and then yeah. they awkwardly run. Which was your, your favorite moment from season two. How yeah. does it hold up in season three? It's, you know, funny, certainly. I did enjoy it. I laughed heartily when it happened. Yeah. At the same time, I can now see how maybe if they do this regularly, it might lose some of its luster. A little bit of its steam. But th- this one is redeemed by a bit in the outtakes. The outtakes, the yeah. yeah. The bloops really save it. Absolutely. Um. Then we get a surprise guest uh, yes. of the K&B construction crew. I know, I know. They come out out of nowhere. Like, I realize when they introduce them, it's been a while since we've seen these these fools. Yeah, well, we certainly haven't seen them this season. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I can't remember the last episode in season two that we saw them. Uh, uh God. Oh, oh, was it To Build or Not To Build, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, I think you're right. Well, they went out on a, on a high note there doing that yeah, with song. The Mother's without, Day. Yeah, yeah right. that was good. That was good. Um, but there's a little something different about K&B this week. They, um, they, I mean, there's a new member. There is a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for lack of a better word, there is a, they've diversified. There's a black guy on <laughs> Well, the I mean, there was Lewis uh, that only appeared in Up Your Alley in season one. Um, not replacing Rock, True. but just in addition to him. Yeah. This time Rock isn't here, which I, is a weird thing for I, me. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's got better stuff to do. Maybe he's got a family, you know? Just it, <laughs> maybe. It, it's like, the, maybe he actually is on a job and working and not just showing up to, you know, <laughs> talk about construction unrelated things. Uh, perhaps. And uh, I will just take a opportunity to go into Character Actor Corner here. Character Actor um, Land. This, this new uh, can-be construction guy is named Gus. He is played by William Allen Young, um, who is a... I'm going to, where's my, hold on, I'm going to pull out my thesaurus here. I'm not going to use the word prolific. Good. Yeah, that's, that, yep, it's right there. <laughs> He's totally looking at a thesaurus. <laughs> that's my page noise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Fraser is sitting right here and, uh, and, and letting, letting you dangle on the line. He's a busy working actor. Yep, a busy working actor. He's always doing that busy work. <laughs> Uh, he's been doing stuff, uh, since the early 80s, um, uh, doing stuff like L.A. Law and Matlock and Knott's Landing, um, he's been, I think he was on Sinbad, um, anyway, oh. he's done a ton of stuff and he, uh, is still working, I believe, so. Good for I him. he was even in District 9. Oh. So, how about that? That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's William Allen Young. And anyhow, what are the KMB guys here to teach us this week? They're here to teach us about how to clean up on the job site, like clean yourself up. Yeah, grooming you. tips. Yes, grooming tips 
for when you are leaving the job site and going to Vegas night at the Kiwanis Lodge or <laughs> the disco. Um, so there's, I mean, Gus, the new guy. Yeah. Well, okay, there's an there's an odd beat first when they're introducing them. They introduce Gus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Pete says, uh, Pete says, Gus spent nine years teaching 12th grade math. And then Rock says, yeah, Pete spent nine years taking 12th grade math. And all three of them laugh. And then Tim just goes, could we? <laughs> yeah, just completely killing the momentum of their, their banter. Uh, which is just out of character because once again, like, Al was poking fun at Tim earlier and Tim was letting it slide yeah, like he's right. been doing. So I guess that, that grace doesn't apply to everyone on the show. Right, right, exactly. Uh, so yeah, Pete uh, Pete throws that out there. Dwayne, uh, Dwayne takes his hit like a... Like a man. Yeah, straight uh, on like the Like a construction worker. Yeah. Uh, but Gus Gus is here to teach us, like, okay, the, the one of the biggest things, the problems is if you have to go directly from the construction site to a fancy place, how do you how do you clean yourself up? First item of business, you got these dusty, gross boots. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to take a screwdriver, wrap your socks around it, put it in a drill, uh, and then you've got yourself a handy little shoe buffer. Yeah. Does this work? Well, now, wait, it works on the show, yes. Does it work? Does it? Does it? Well, no, actually, no, you're right. It mostly The just, mechanism works. Does it actually buff a shoe? No, it does not. It does not sufficiently buff the shoe. I've got another thing okay. that I'm just going to toss out. Uh, if you've got to go to a fancy event straight from the construction site, here's an idea. Maybe have separate clothes. <laughs> Maybe don't wear fucking work boots to the opera. Yeah. There's a reason that you have work boots there for work purposes. Yes, exactly. Because no amount of socks or uh, RPMs on that drill is going to buff out the concrete that is caked to your uh, steel-toed shoes. This this is the this is the literal substance that is like the the this is the building block of <laughs> urban society. Of building blocks. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's when you break down a building block, you've got concrete and you're saying you can rub this stuff off with a sock. Yeah. Also, even if this worked, even if this worked and you somehow needed to have clean work boots to wear to the caviar tasting that you're yeah. going to after your long day of construction work. <laughs> Even if uh, you completely buff your shoe off and it's clean, then you've got dirty, nasty socks. Yeah, right. So it's like you're getting one part of your clothes dirty to clean another thing. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. The, yeah, you're, this one's not working for me. No. Um, the next one, uh, Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne uh, demonstrates how to clean uh, those dirty, dirty nails you get uh, from working with gunk all day. Uh, and his method is to use a nail to clean underneath your nails. And I'm just going to go right out and say, do not do this. That makes me uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. I mean, outside of it just being slightly, you know, uncomfortable, uh, physically, um, it's also extremely dangerous with, uh, you know, potential rust, potential cuts underneath your nails, infections. Uh, that's how you get disease and, uh, all the, all that kind of stuff. So this has been your PSA (laughs) for don't use nails to clean your nails. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, and then they also talk about helmet hair, which yeah. I guess is a real problem. They'll take off their helmets, and honestly, none of them seem to have very bad helmet hair. Pete, in fact, has no hair at all. And uh, Tim Dwayne doesn't. Dwayne does not. And uh, <laughs> Tim offers to do the natural thing, which is try to buff his head with the sock of course. drill thing. And not just once, but twice, oh. and then Al has to take the drill away from him. Just, I mean, not even Al. I feel like Richard Karn took the drill away from Tim, because he's like, okay, 
once was funny, two is not. Let's just get this out of your hands. I, you know, uh, Richard Carn was the equivalent of the guy in the improv show who decides that the bit needs to end and, like, runs across the center of the stage. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> oh, okay, guys. Okay, we need we need a, a large woodland animal for me to compare to Al's mom. I'm taking suggestions. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I guess their, their solution for helmet hair is you use a pressure... An air compressor. Yeah, to... Blast. That uh, blasts your hair and gives it volume. He tries this on Pete with his super long hair and really just blows it in his face. Yeah. Uh, does not give you any kind of uh, styling. Doesn't give you anything. No. It's just hair in your face. It was, it looked, I first thing I was like, are they going to do like a L'Oreal ad with this guy's <laughs> hair? No, they did not. You know what? I would 100% like to see, uh, well, RIP Mickey Jones uh, take over for Andy McDowell for yeah. the L'Oreal ads. Is she still doing those? I don't know. Also, I think L'Oreal is makeup. Oh. Yeah, maybe it's Pantene Pro-V. You can also write in corrections and omissions to info at gruntworkpodcast.com. <laughs> That's Tim Taylor, care of Tool Time, something something Detroit. This ends the the episode of Tool Time, and they all kind of walk off screen. Heidi comes in uh, to Al, who is cleaning up, um, which I got to imagine is one of his daily routines. Yes. Uh, and she's the first to say, hey... Uh, I just heard John Binford has passed. Yes. And Al is devastated by this. Mm. And he's like, oh no, how are we going to tell Tim? He's like a father to him. Yeah. And this is where I thought we were going to go. And they, they tease it. They 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 give you a little little sense, but not the flavors, yeah. of, uh, what was it, where there's a will, there's a way, where yeah. he's kind of mourning um, his father 30 years later, you know? It's it's a LaCroix-style, <laughs> just, just the slightest hint of a suggestion of a taste that we might go down like tim's complicated feelings about dead yeah. father figures hot take not a fan of lacroix no neither am i neither wow am I. okay grunt work is officially anti-lacroix we are anti-lacroix i uh, well because I, I it is actually pronounced lacroix but okay. i started saying lacroix and now i can't really stop um <laughs> no i'm a i'm i'm a full-on team diet coke so that's um, me anything with less flavor than that is no thank you sir i am full-on water and coffee and beer. Those well, are the only three things I drink, really. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I drink a lot of water, too, but I, then there's also gin, so who knows. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, fuck LaCroix, LaCroix. I'm glad we can agree on this. Uh, we agree, and we are in agreement. Back to death. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they come out and... Or Tim comes out, and they tell him that Mr. Binford is dead. Yeah. And Tim... We just kind of get a shot of his face or something. I'm just going, oh, or whatever. And mm -hmm. then we do a fade, a crossfade. We do. To Mike's Tavern. Yeah. Um, but before we get to Mike's Tavern, I do want to mention one thing. I want to, I got, I have to give my updates. Yes. Um, I don't know if you noticed. The Benford calendar <laughs> no, was I, missing. Oh, it's missing this time. <laughs> Someone stole. I am blaming the grunt creep. Mm -hmm. I think he, the little jewel thief that we saw back in uh, Bye Bye Birdie, he uh, snuck out of the oil drum late at night and took the took the the calendar off the wall. And now it's underneath his mattress, is what you're saying? <laughs> or he's got, or he's got like the that's Sandra Bullock so picture <laughs> uh, up on the. Yeah, that's that's it. Or he's got the Sandra Bullock pictures from it up on his ceiling. <laughs> that's a callback. Yeah, I know. That's um, that, that's for the that's for the real OGs. Back to episode four. Here's my prediction. Yeah, what do you predict? <laughs> As if anyone gives a shit about this calendar, that they took it down because they were in the process of making a Benford calendar 
with Debbie Dunning. That would make sense. Because I don't think that the previous model was Debbie Dunning. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, someone sometime is going to watch this show with such scrutiny, specifically for the calendars, <laughs> that we need to make it so that guy can't roast us. Exactly. But little did, did they know that, you know, that we roasted him anyway. <laughs> Not really a climactic ending to that bit. Uh, uh, yeah. We do go to Mike's, Big Mike's Tavern. Yes, um, Big Mike's which Tavern. Which is... One of the few, like, staple exterior, outside of, like, Tool Time, yeah. Big Mike's Tavern is the only, like, consistent location that we have on the show. Pretty much, yeah. I, I, and but the way that we get there, though, is, like, just this weird crossfade, yeah. not a transition at all, right. that is now, more, uh, it is more jarring for me <laughs> than a transition for them to just do a normal normal edit to yeah. this. right. But yeah, Al is Al is drowning his sorrows in beer. Yeah, he's trying to get Tim to talk about it, and Tim is playing darts, and he's like, "Well, what's what's to talk about? He's going to bring him back." Yeah, yeah. T- like Al says, "Why why are you playing darts right now?" And and, and Tim says, "Well, the foosball table's broken," <laughs> which is funny. Uh, also, not a foosball table in the place. Well, you pre- okay? It's well, out for repairs. Yeah, no. Okay. Wh- uh, uh, look. Cheers had a pool table in the back room, which yep. you can't see when they're in the main area. All oh. bars have the exact same floor plan as Cheers. <laughs> Therefore, okay. the foosball table is in the back. Gotcha. Okay. I would I, the, the spinoff, I would like to see a spinoff about the people who we always see in the... Like, I feel like the Wilson spinoff would be him hanging out at Mike's Tavern and yes. always reading the paper. Uh, well, if you want to go into this backstory, I do have a note about it. Oh, go for it. Go for uh, it. Big Mike is not behind the bar. It's some woman it's now. It's replaced by this, like, tough-looking biker chick. Carla. <laughs> Carla. <laughs> Um, so I just, I, I like whatever story is going on there. I don't know if she's just an employee. Maybe it's a husband-wife deal. Yeah. Um, I, Big Mike has a, a type. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah, well, it's, she's either Carla or it's like Big Mike is Sam and she's Diane. She's just working there. There's, <laughs> look, there's a lot of ways that I can ship Cheers into home improvement. <laughs> um, and also, but and there's I want to hear them all. There's a neon sign behind the bar, too, that just says Big Mike's. <laughs> just so you know where you are. Pretty soon that sign is going to gain, gain sentience and start <laughs> running around. That's that sitcom. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not possible. Like, the one, the one uh, central factor of the uh, Home Improvement Expanded Universe is that every show in it has an animated title that runs around. Um, really, what needs to happen to that sign is we need to get it in neon and put it up in the uh, Tool Time corner oh, or God. the Home Improvement corner. I was thinking about that because there's a lot of Binford products uh, on this episode, and I'm like, where are, did all of these Binford products go i mean a lot of them were probably recycled but there has to be some sort of prop room with nine eight seasons of home improvement binford memorabilia somewhere this is this is our national treasure uh (laughs) is us breaking into abc and trying to steal these things if anybody has any leads on this let us know i we are located in los angeles we're close by i gotta get my hands on some sort of authentic binford memorabilia we, we have no moral scruples we will break in we'll kill people for these things i'm no. I, no no i'm speaking for both of us especially landon in fact it was his idea we will kill people to get these home improvement props Be, for, with which we can improve landon's home um so yeah so Al is trying to get Tim to open up about yes. this. He explains that he feels like there's a lot of unfinished business for him because he had asked Mr. Binford to put a hot water spigot on the water cooler, and Mr. Binford said no, and Al was so upset about this that he said hello to him very curtly the following day, and that was the last <laughs> thing he said yes. to him. Uh, is Mr. Binford 
the guy who's in charge of what kind of water cooler there is in the tool time break room. Cause that is micromanagement. Well, I mean, he is, I mean, it's a Binford water cooler. Yes. <laughs> so he has to get the Binford spigot made in order to apply it to the Binford water cooler. And, and the Binford, and that all goes through John Binford. Yeah. Okay. He, he is the one who has to okay it. Yeah. It's not the installation of it. It's the, can you make a Binford branded spigot? Because I can't bring a store brand spigot into here because you yell at me for any store brand stuff that isn't Binford branded. Okay, true, true. That makes sense. I still think you could just put a sticker on a regular water cooler because that seems like what most Binford products are. Uh, so anyway, but Tim is just, Tim is very reluctant to, to get too much into this. And he says, well, crying into your beer won't bring him back. And Al says, well, you suffered a big loss. We all did. And then Al starts crying into his beer. He said, he says, he's sobbing and he says, I didn't really need that spigot. I just thought it'd be nice to have some hot chocolate every once in a while, (laughs) which is the most Al thing. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, And actually, I just thought of something. Um, It it plays more into the Wilson scene. Um, And I'll save it for that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. But remember Al crying into his beer. Uh, because it's going to have a callback in the Wilson scene. Just a little bit of foreshadowing yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. Yep. So, Tim comes home. Yeah, we, we go back home. The kids are running downstairs. They're running in from upstairs. Uh, Jill has flyers for this library fundraiser that she needs. Yes. And coaxes them into helping her uh, by saying they will get their allowance. Yes. It's it's basically, I'm the thing, the thing that I normally just give you regardless, I'm now only going to give you if you help me do this boring <laughs> task. <laughs> right. So the boys all sit down to help. Yeah. Uh... Tim comes in and, you know, was chatting about how about how the day was and just yeah. offhandedly mentions, oh, yeah, Mr. Binford died. Yeah. And Jill is very affected by this and very yeah. upset and wants Absolutely. to talk to Tim. Uh, and Tim obviously is, too. And I, this is the scene that we first start to see how it's affecting him by his avoidance tactics. Sure. Like, he tells Jill kind of in the way... Uh, I feel like my parents did this a lot, too, where, like, there's something adult that happened mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of whispers it into her ear, mm-hmm. you know, off to the side while yeah. the kids are stuffing envelopes. Yeah. Um, and then he's immediately, like, he walks to the, the broom closet, gets his Benford-branded duffel bag, and tells the kids, let's go play some basketball at the Y. Yeah. and, and Which seems uncharacteristic of him, which leads me to believe, you know, oh, he is... Avoiding, tactics, yeah, you know, doing avoidance tactics. Yeah, and I think that that is deftly handled in the way mm-hmm. that he that he does it. And so, you know, he's Jill. Jill is, keeps trying to stop and saying, "We're well, going to go play basketball. I mean, don't you want to talk about this?" Yeah. Like she says, John Binford meant a lot to us. He gave us the money for this house. He gave you your first job. He was there when all the boys were born. At this point, I'm like, wait, why didn't we see more of John Binford hanging out with them before? <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, also, well, because he had run off with uh, Miss Black and Decker. I guess, I guess so, yeah. I mean, this really makes me wonder, what does this mean for Maureen's place in the whole, in the whole thing? Yeah, where was she in this episode? Uh, where has she been for a lot of episodes? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, so... I, I also want to draw attention to Patricia Richardson's performance here, because yeah. this is another one, just like uh, my favorite episode, Bubble Bubble Toilet and Trouble, where uh, she, she is, like, really showing her acting chops. She's genuinely affected by this. She tears up, you know. Yeah. Al blubbering was Al blubbering for comedic effect. Yeah. This is Patricia Richardson actually being affected by the scene and what's happening in it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's 
top notch. Th- this scene is where we know uh, Mr. Binford dying is a for show big deal because when Al is upset about it, it's like, well, Al's emotions are played for laughs. Right. When when this is meaningful to Jill, that's how we know. Oh, this is a very special episode. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, but then uh, Tim is so dismissive to this. Says, uh, you know, says, oh no, you know, I'm gonna, you know, what, what are you gonna do? You gonna cry about it? And she says, yeah, I might. There's nothing wrong with crying when someone close to you dies. And Tim, Tim just, you know, says, now come on, come on, boys, we're gonna go to the Y. We're gonna play basketball. Yeah, walks with, out the door with this is also with them who have just sat down to start helping. Yeah, Jill. right. <laughs> the biggest dick move to take her labor. Absolutely, force. and and she's also asked him to help. And then it gets there's this weird beat where he walks out the door and Jill's left standing there, and you get these weird like three notes on the piano and then tim walks back in the door and takes the basketball from her that she's been holding yeah uh without another word and heads back out the door just to kind of really drive home this idea of this is supposed to be emotional it felt it felt a little heavy-handed a little on the nose to me a little ham-fisted a little a little uh Uh, yeah yeah a a little bacon fingered (laughs) yeah you know a little bit prosciutto palmed (laughs) Yeah, I, I know I know what you mean. Yeah. Um And then well this takes us to a cross dissolve. Or no no no, no a fade to black. A fade to black, which is like what the fuck yeah, are we, we get doing now? A cross dissolve and a fade to black, uh which is bizarre. Yeah, f- fill in your fill in your transition punch cards. Those are the those are the <laughs> wild ones. <laughs> the editors are running out of computer graphic budget for this season already. <laughs> yeah, we have to do a very special episode, guys. We haven't got enough transitions <laughs> to get us through. Uh yeah, so Brad and Tim well, the they you know we Crossfade to black and then back to... to we go uh, to a commercial. We yeah. come back. They're coming home from the YMCA. Yeah. And so Brad and Tim, surprise, surprise, have beat Randy and Mark at basketball. <laughs> right. Bad team choices there. Yeah. You take the artsy kid who doesn't like sports and the little kid who isn't good at anything. I think you would call him, at this point at least, uh, a twerp. Oh, a twerp? Yeah. I, I think that's what Mark is right now. He looks more like a dweeb to me. A dweeb? Yeah. I think... Dwe- okay. A dweeb, to me has more to do with your intelligence like you're you're mm. too smart or you're too interested in kind of esoteric things or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. brainy things yeah uh twerp is more about your physical stature okay let me suggest a compromise okay we'll in the middle a dillweed oh well okay i don't necessarily agree with that but for the sake of expediting this length of our episode i will agree okay so we are in agreement and i was right all along <laughs> uh so, uh, Tim and Brad are getting some victory sodas. Well, well, Tim asks Brad what he wants, and Brad says, how about a, you know, a brewski? And Tim says, what about a root brewski? Honestly, I kind of like that line. Root brewski? <laughs> R- root brewski should be the name of a band. That's like, that's like, <laughs> it's like Leonard Skinner, it. but root brewski. Like, it's spelled with a bunch of Ys or something. <laughs> uh, so they, and Brad says something interesting to Tim, though, yes. as they're getting their, their uh, root beers. He says that he's like, yeah, I'm I'm proud of you. Like Brad talking to his dad saying, "I'm proud of you" or like I it's cool how you're handling this. This Whatever. was a very interesting premise for a scene. And this is kind of what uh, playing a little bit into what I was talking about of getting the sense but not the flavors or the taste mm-hmm. where it's just like there I I like this idea and Tim touches on it in the next scene with Wilson of Brad really latching onto this idea of toxic masculinity as like the way as a normal thing like Mm -hmm. this is how a man should behave you shouldn't cry you're dealing with this great dad you're not showing any affection whatsoever to this yeah and good for you yeah um and 
Tim is affected by it. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's not a good thing for my son to say to me. Yeah. Like, like Brad's, you know, Tim is sort of drawing Brad out on this. And Brad's like, yeah, boys aren't supposed to cry. And Tim says, boys can cry. And, and like, Tim is trying to argue, you know, this, mm-hmm. this point and trying to convince Brad otherwise. And trying to convince Brad that it's okay to be sensitive and it's okay to right. have feelings. And Brad just kind of, you know, and ends this by walking off the screen by saying, well, you're really good at showing that or not showing that anything affects you. And, yeah. and Tim's like, oh, well, is that how I want to present myself to my kids? And then he sees Wilson outside and takes this opportunity to, like, have his emotions lead him out there to have this conversation with Wilson. And it's he's much less jokey with Wilson as well. Yeah, which, and I think it's very interesting that, I mean, I, I like that they have Brad kind of bring this to Tim's attention. I'm, I like that Tim has this revelation because he's actually listening to someone around him for once and kind of paying attention. What... Is just, you know, to see Tim suddenly be like, wait, why why does my son think that, that it's not okay to have feelings and emotions? Why does my son think boys don't cry? Well, Tim, how do you conduct yourself, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, right. You know, don't, Jill has, Jill has multiple times expressed that she wants the boys to be sensitive and have a yeah. life outside of masculinity, and you always kind of dismiss that. And you are pushing them to take shop over home ec. You're pushing them to, you know, be a man and work with tools and instead of, you know, doing uh, ventriloquism. Yes, exactly, exactly. Or or magic, for that matter. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm like, okay, Tim, good that you're worried about this, right. but uh, you could have prevented it. Yep. Uh, and this goes into our Wilson scene, where we start with Wilson uh, walking... Uh, he's aerating his lawn with these aerating sandals that yep. are basically shoes that have these giant spikes on the bottom of them. Uh, it is honestly kind of funny to me. I, I enjoyed watching <laughs> it, and I all, I could only think about how satisfying it must feel to walk in those. And yeah. just like feeling the, the points going into the dirt again and again. The, the only thing I would hate about that is... You obviously can't walk into your house wearing them, so you have to stop in the threshold and like unlatch the stuff, and you can't sit down because there's no bench by the door. Um, Wilson would have a bench by the door. He, he would say, <laughs> "He would say, Heidi ho, neighbor. Uh, before I answer that next question for you, how about you build me a bench that I can take off my nail sandals? <laughs> nail sandals. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's it. that's what props did. They took some proto Crocs <laughs> and they just put some nails on the bottom of them. Oh my God. But uh, so Tim Tim ex- uh, expresses that he is a little concerned about Brad's development, thinking that." men aren't supposed to cry you know yeah basically my note was tim is concerned about the toxic ma- toxic masculinity exclamation point times three yes i was I, very excited about it i know it's like you're excited but you're you're also like okay man well uh <laughs> again look in a mirror yeah um and then he goes into talking about uh somehow you know Wilson says that uh, he knows about Binford, that Jill had come out because she needed someone to talk to. Obviously, Tim wasn't going to be that person. Yeah. Um, And then Tim starts expressing how, like, it's weird that, you know, even when my dad died, I wasn't, you know, I didn't immediately start crying, you know. And the same thing is here with with Mr. Binford. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he said he he doesn't remember crying at all after his dad Mm -hmm. died. He says he was just super sad. Yeah. And he says Binford and I were really close, but... Now, you know, it seems like I'm the only one not crying about this. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to mourn him. Yeah. And this leads Wilson into explaining how important mourning is in some way. Yeah. And goes into how different cultures uh, mourn. Yeah. And that crying might not be it. Yeah. Do you have a few of those examples? Uh, let's see. Well, he talks about, uh, he talks about the Mexican, uh, you know, the, the day of the dead and that sort of, uh-huh. that sort of thing. And the, what is it? So something in, something in the Faroe Islands or somewhere. It's like they bury... 
chocolate replicas of you or something like i think mm-hmm. i am like tim i think i have messed <laughs> up what what he says or i am at least you're not quoting... regurgitating it as poorly as tim does though. no i'm not i'm well, i'm doing it with more confidence <laughs> uh and then he also and then wilson says uh you know and, and in uh feudal japan the uh samurai when one of their masters died they would disembowel themselves and tim goes talk about guts but um bum dun dun <laughs> uh, now here's the real thing yeah. though that I think this is the big emotional moment for me in this scene is that they get through a conversation that involves Japan without Tim making jokes uh, about yeah, poorly right. dubbed movies <laughs> so that growth I guess, I, guess. Um, I actually so here's the callback to yeah. Al crying in his beer yeah. uh, just heard today um, a way that people mourned in Victorian era Italy. Oh, how'd they do? The women uh, widowers would cry into a vial, uh, all of their tears, and bury it with their their husband. That's interesting. What if you cry more after he's buried? You can't. You're Whoa. not allowed to. Wow. You will be buried alive with him, and then Vincent Price will star in the movie <laughs> adaptation of your story. That's you know, man. No wonder they got the mafia coming from out there. That is that is tough as shit, man. Of course you turn into cool ass gangsters when that's the you know grieving thing you've got. Oh, that's all we are to you. I <laughs> well, when you tell me stories like this about burying people alive, what fucking grand guinal have you got going on that island? And wonderful pizzas and a vibrant merchant and artistic culture that that. The mafia was only like fifteen hundred people at its height, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Grand Guido. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Okay. Well, you get. Okay, you get to. You get to say that. That's that's yours. <laughs> I wish. Again, if I can come up with any relevant things about Finnish grieving culture, I will. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So Wilson explains about that, yeah. and that pretty much, you know, Tim just takes that as like, oh, okay, I guess there's yeah. other ways to grieve. We don't quite go into the next scene yet. There's a very somewhat magical thing that happens. Is there a somewhat magical thing that happens? There is, and we need to crack this open. Uh, he talks oh, about yes. mourning, and then I can't I, remember what the line he, was. He's, he's saying something, it's just something about like the sadness when T- Tim is kind of looking away from mm-hmm. Al. He's looking back towards the house, and Al, Wilson. Wilson. Uh, Tim is looking back towards the house, and Wilson is saying something about how, oh, well, the grieving process is accepting the fact that Someone who was there a moment ago will be gone forever, and he walks out of frame. So will suddenly, your sadness will suddenly disappear, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And then Tim looks up, and Wilson's gone. He's like, Wilson? Wilson has just, poof, disappeared. Yep. Uh, I I referred to it, I realize now this might have been erroneous. I said he, he being there'd, which is... <laughs> You know, from the... I thought at the end of the movie, being there, the guy disappears. I realize yeah. now, I think he just walks Spoiler across. Are you okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the big twisty mystery being there, the the uh, the very plot focused movie that is all about the details. Uh, okay, so but it's not it's not yeah. quite that, but. which is a fantastic ending. I love the end of being there. Yeah, personally, you're right. He does just walk across the water. He doesn't disappear. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of a movie in which someone just disappears. Anyhow, there was something we posed that happened uh, in an interaction on Twitter that I think I'm very excited to start to integrate into our theory section. I just thought of a movie where someone disappears. Picnic at Hanging Rock. Go on. Oh, there you go. I yes. love that. Um, and one of my favorite movies as well. What? Okay, we, we've discussed on here the God theory that is Wilson God. Okay, not the capital G God. Then we altered it to a God, a lower yeah. G God, maybe a Greek God. Who knows? Because 
he seems maybe to be Canadian Greek. Yeah, yeah, or a Canadian <laughs> god. Why not? You know? Or a Canadian god, yeah. Made out of maple um, syrup. But on Twitter, we, we were going back and forth with a couple people, and this idea came up of maybe Wilson isn't a god or divine being, but he's aware of the fourth wall. He's aware that he's in a television show. He's And this gives him the know-how, the powers he is able to bring. For all you comic book nerds out there, there's a character. Well, Wade Wilson, which you draw the, the correlation of Wilson and Wade Wilson. Yes. Um, which Scott also pointed out that we never see Wilson's feet. A Leafield slam, which is a, a he, he was all, Rob Leafield who created Deadpool is notoriously bad at drawing feet. Wow. <laughs> and yet another supremely deep cut. <laughs> but we do get to see his feet in this episode. So yeah, with there you go, on, Scott. Um, wow. This has really gone in a thousand different directions. Let's get back on track here. Yeah. Uh, the idea that Wilson knows he's on a TV show. Uh, so... The way that this fourth wall stuff works in the comic books with Deadpool is that he can sometimes talk between panels. He can, you know, know things that are going to happen, mm-hmm. um, that he can bring knowledge into it. There's even a character called Gwenpool who comes from presumably, uh, you know, why well, I, I guess it's not our universe, but a real universe where Marvel exists. And she has somehow found herself in the Marvel universe with all the knowledge of the Marvel characters. Mm. So maybe that's a situation with Wilson as well in that he's able to just walk off camera off frame Mm -hmm. in that one shot. And then he's off camera and And then it's not there anymore. Maybe that's his power. Yeah, exactly. He steps out of the reality of the TV show because he's able to do that because he knows he's on it. Or he walks out of the backyard set and then appears at Mike's Tavern because he just moves from set to set. That's why he hangs out there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, holding up his newspaper all the while. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So, and he's always hiding his face, just yeah. like Deadpool, because he's afraid he's too ugly for Marina Baccarin to want to get down with. I do not read comic books, I just watch the movies. Um, so, Tim goes back inside, uh, and Jill is there, and Jill is miffed at Tim because she had to eat dinner alone, and then spend the entire night stuffing 250 envelopes because Tim up and absconded with her slave labor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I She was giving them allowance for it. I guess it's different. Yeah. I guess it's just indentured servitude, really. Um, but so they you know, starts talking to Jill and explaining that, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, that I left with the kids. Death makes me really uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, because your dad died. Get into it. Cry for us, Tim. Right, yeah. You know, t- take out your acting, Tim Allen. I want to see it. <laughs> and you know he but instead he says that's why we had kids yeah. instead of pets they last longer yeah he does not give his consent to show his emotions no instead he brings his jokes back out but no. he does regurgitate wilson's advice and says look i understand why i wasn't able to do this before uh he has an understanding of the mourning process now and that he hasn't he's not ready for it he's not he doesn't know how to mourn mr binford yet yeah yeah and jill says uh you know it, well, he also says that, like, his immediate concern when he heard that, that uh, Benford had died was just that the show would be canceled. And, yeah. And that was, you know, he, yeah. Okay, so basically, yeah, what you said then. It's like, <laughs> I don't I don't know how to mourn him. And Jill says, just kind of says, like, well, I'm sure you'll be able to find a way. Yeah, I don't know how, because the Benford logo is on literally everything in every scene. Yeah. You can't escape Benford. Yeah, there's always something there you to remind you. always be remembering Mr. Binford. Uh, so we go to Tool Time. Yes. Where, uh, we, you know, the special funeral edition of Tool Time, <laughs> except everyone is not wearing black. Yep. Uh, Tim introduces Al as Al Crimea River Borland, to which 
To which Al says, if I didn't let my feelings out, Tim, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Which, I love the reaction here. Uh, instead of Tim making, like, a jab at him, he just lets it sit for a second and goes, well, that's food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, so, which is really, I think, another, uh, for Tim, it's another mark in the don't let your emotions out corner. Yeah. Um. So Tim starts talking about Mr. Binford and kind of sits down and, mm. and has a chat about what he meant to him. You know, he says, uh, he talks about how he started as a tool salesman and then Mr. Binford, Mr. Binford picked me to, uh, for this job, or Mr. Binford picked me to be the host of a show that would go on to be Michigan's fourth highest rated cable tool show. <laughs> uh, which is important clarifying information about what kind of job he has. Yeah, but also raises so many questions oh, as yeah. to how are they still on air and spending this budget and how does Tim own a house the way that he does if yeah. they're only fourth on a cable access in Michigan. In Michigan. Um, so, but, you know, so he's talking about him and everything that he meant for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thinking, like, is he going to cry on... This is it. He's going to cry yeah, right. on TV, and it's going to be a big humbling moment. And Tim reveals that he has... Um, that he has made a headstone for yep. Mr. Binford, and it's a hammer-shaped headphone... Uh, headstone. <laughs> he gave him Head, headphones head, for the yeah. casket. Well, yeah, earbuds, basically. <laughs> Only one of them, though. Um, but he... Yes, yeah, so he pulls... You know, they pull out this, this big hammer-shaped headstone, a hammer yeah. headstone, if you will. <laughs> and uh, and he says, oh, it's in the shape of a claw hammer, which is the first kind of hammer that Mr. Binford designed. Uh-huh. And then he says something... Which that gives I, us information about Binford, that he designed his own tools, at least in the beginning. Yeah, much yeah. respect for that. Yeah. That's what, you know, the whole empire was built on this. We built this city on hammers. <laughs> uh, and he says, Mr. Binford told me that with the right tool, you can fix anything, but there's no tool to fix how I feel right now. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, and now he's going to cry. <laughs> waiting for those tears gonna squirt some he does not cry you get tear blue balls in this episode i do and <laughs> gross uh <laughs> also tim says that he chiseled this headstone himself uh again this is calls you know i get he's good with his hands and that can justify a lot of what we see on the show but at a certain point he's He's a wood carver, he's a stone chiseler, he's a auto mechanic. I mean, like, pick a lane, and I, I just don't buy it. I think that Tim, even though we don't see it on air, I think that Tim Taylor is commissioning these things from other people and taking credit for them. I, that would not surprise me at all. I mean, I think that, at the same time, I do believe that a jack-of-all-trades is a master of none. So <laughs> there you I go. Yeah. that that's the excuse for why he's bad at everything is because he tries to do everything. Although, counterpoint, L does seem to be a jack-of-all-trades and a master at everything he does. Uh, well, I think he's one of those exceptions that proves the rule, maybe. Oh, okay. So how does Tim mourn in this episode? What is his... <laughs> what is his tool for morning oh the old 21 gun salute uh in the form of nail guns now if it were if it were the guy from last man standing it would just be real guns he would just have <laughs> he would, yes. it would be a 21 ar-15 salute yeah uh, and otherwise it would play out more or less the same way yeah um what was it on uh, last man on earth they do a 21 gun salute january jones just has uh. a massive thing and just shoots off 20 you know, she has an automatic gun and just shoots off 21 rounds yeah with one gun really quickly she's yeah. like yeah it's about 21 um but yeah he's, he's got 21 nail guns set up on like risers almost like a lazy yeah. susan type which uh you know i'm 
I'm already getting fatigue from questioning Tim's uh, choices, but wh- why does it have to rotate? Why are there lights rigged up to it? <laughs> like there's a light on each yeah. row. Because um, it starts, so he, he unveils it, he takes this big sheet off the top of it, and it's literally 21 nail guns pointed at the audience, live and loaded. And and Al, and Al clearly is not expecting this because he sees it and has to basically dive out of the way yeah. immediately. He gives that like, whoa, 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 and yeah. then like kind of ducks uh, under the camera. And uh, Tim goes first, and then he flips the switch and goes, and then it rotates into place, and a big uh, drop cloth drops from the, the ceiling, from the risers, if you will, uh, to catch all the nails. This is yeah. Tim's big plan. He's going to shoot off 21 nail guns into a sheet across the tool time set, uh, and it'll be fine. It'll be safe. Yeah, uh, did, but did you try it, Tim? Did you, did you <laughs> test it ahead of time? Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Don't understand the rotation. What's well, the need for that? It, it was so much work to build a rotating motor thing in there, for one. Also, Tim has put rotating motor elements in multiple things before. How does it work out badly every time this exact thing <laughs> happens? So... He, he pushes the remote control yep. to start shooting the guns en masse. Row number one. Yeah. They fire, yep. and it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they'll go. Just uh, fine. Yeah. Row two. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's great. And then I, you're thinking, okay, well, third time, everything yeah. is still going to go fine. This is home improvement. Nothing's ever gone wrong. Yeah. This is going to be a really fitting tribute. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, the thing, the servo motor thing starts rotating, and the guns are shooting all over. At, it just starts rotating and shooting up the entire uh, tool time set. Yeah, and then it, and then you know Tim and Al have to dive for cover. It starts shooting yeah. at the audience. There's certainly killing people. I uh, mean, it th- had to. Tim would lose his job for this. There would be. This is so bad. And there is one guy in the audience who just has a death wish. He's just like, you know what? Bring on sweet death. Everyone is running for their lives, but there's yeah. this one guy in this teal shirt just sitting there there's, there's laughing in the face of death. There's two of them. Like, at the at the right-hand side of the screen, there's two <laughs> dudes in the front row sitting there like, I'm going to look death in the eye. It's like, ha, 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 this is all part of the show. I've seen worse. <laughs> um, yeah, so so then Tim winds up crawling into frame because the camera's pointed at the ground because the yep. cameraman took cover. And, and he says, okay, that, that's all for tool time, folks. Mind you... <laughs> At the beginning of this two-minute-long segment, uh, uh, Heidi says, uh, Welcome, everybody, to Tool Time! So this implies that the episode of Tool Time is two minutes long. <laughs> it's like it's like a Snapchat show. <laughs> uh, and, and, and Cooking with Hermes is right on the next set, so they're like, quick! Yeah, get ready, get ready! The, 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 the nails are still shooting! Work with it, work with it, Irma! <laughs> Meanwhile, a nail has gone through the set into Ner- Nerma? Nerma. Yeah, no, it's, it's Nermal. It's Garfield's friend. <laughs> So, from this, we go back to the Taylor house. Yep, we get the stinger, uh, which is uh, Brad sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. reading, which I wondered if he was still reading David Copperfield. Yeah, just for the hell of it. Yeah, now. Uh, but he has a te- uh, textbook, I'm assuming. It's got, back in school, did you ever, like, put paper uh, bags oh, over, you know, tape yeah. them over your, uh, basically create a, a dust cover for your, your textbooks? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Most so definitely. that you could just doodle out of them throughout the throughout the season get uh, girls to doodle on them for you oh yeah girls were just lining up to doodle on my books <laughs> just couldn't just couldn't wait rap it was it was like the line for star wars episode one those <laughs> girls lined up to to doodle on my books and they all doodled oh, the same man. thing which was the word stop talking to me nerd 
<laughs> I thought you were gonna go stop making sense <laughs> and be like, marry me. Oh God, yeah. If the yeah, if my school was full of girls who appreciated the Talking Heads <laughs> and uh, per- specifically their live concert films, uh, I w- I would have been one of those guys who stayed in his hometown and got married. <laughs> Um, anyhow, Tim and Jill come back from the funeral, uh, and Tim sits down on the couch and turns out he cried like a baby more than the widow uh, at the the funeral. And Brad is very confused by this. Yeah. And, but Tim doesn't really have a moment with Brad where he's like, Hey buddy, it's okay to cry. There is no closure or resolution to this toxic masculinity thing whatsoever. He, He says, yeah, they say crying makes you feel better, but it just made me feel like a pathetic old woman. Executive producer names. Like, okay, so the episode ends on, like, I want my son to know that it's okay to have emotions. Son, I felt horrible and and puny and weak when I cried. Never do it. Crying is a woman's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not a very fun game at that, especially if you have to bottle your tears so you don't get buried alive. (laughs) Uh, One more reason they're glad they don't live in Sicily. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. This this bugged me. Hey, this episode... It just it's offered up so many opportunities for Tim yeah. to reckon some more with what happened to his dad and yep. the loss of a major father figure in his life. It's been hinted regularly that Mr. Binford, like he and Mr. Binford had that sort of fatherly relationship. And it's been like the fact that Tim lost his dad and then this guy came into his life when he was young. I mean, I don't know. I'm completely on board with you. I mean, like the and it would be one thing if they like decided to approach the subject matter from a comedic point of view like yeah if that was the the goal is to like we're gonna do this all for yucks Mm -hmm. that's one thing but it it kind of tries to straddle both sides of it and it's never really that funny and it's never really that deep yeah and because of that it just kind of like falls very flat but it is in terms of narratively it is very concise it doesn't like try to juggle too many things uh which is what i tend to feel like the bad episodes uh do is like that's that's when they falter is when they're doing too many things at once yes um like if they had tried to give more emphasis to the toxic masculinity of things more emphasis (laughs) (laughs) like that should be its own episode and i hope that they they approach that now that they've reached the subject a bit um and i you know we have four and a half more seasons for it to happen so hopefully they do but were they talking about toxic masculinity in the 90s like That's where when they, they went... created my toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. When when Bill Clinton was president, they were not reckoning with toxic masculinity. You know, all of that way. toxic waste that they were trying to figure out what to do with just morphed into masculinity. Yeah, they, that's that's really that is where that is the that is the Tim Allen creation myth. <laughs> where is RoboCop when you need someone to fight toxic uh, waste? Isn't that the Toxic Avenger? Oh well, he is created from toxic waste. Oh wait. The Toxic Avenger, okay, the Toxic Avenger is created from Toxic Waste. Yes. You need RoboCop to fight. RoboCop was injured by Toxic Waste. True, oh, he okay. Lost- well, his hand was shot off. Yeah, but bu- are bullets Toxic Waste? I thought I thought <laughs> RoboCop just got shot a bunch. He did, you're right. His but weakness is getting shot. I am I am realizing there's only one Toxic Waste incident in RoboCop, and it happens to a bad guy. So is Toxic Waste a bad thing if it creates heroes? Okay. And kills villains. Okay, uh, counterpoint, who framed Roger Rabbit is dip toxic waste. Ooh, that's a good question. And is Judge Doom engaging in toxic masculinity when he drops that little shoe cartoon in there? Hmm. This is all very, very good food for thought. (laughs) That should be your sign-off on your local news current affairs program. (laughs) Well, we've talked a lot today. This is all very good food for thought.
<laughs> this has been Opinion Cooking with Landon. Oh, um, <laughs> I really have no more comments on I, that. I have, I have nothing else to go with either. Um, we do, we get one, uh, we get some outtakes. Oh, yeah. A outtake, which is honestly pretty good. Yeah, yeah it was probably the funniest. I, it's just, it's back to Tim and Al doing the bit where they go from the Binford promotion yeah. then running across the set. And Tim just slips and falls on his ass. You know, I've heard the term eats shit used to describe someone falling over spectacularly. Tim eats some shit. Uh, <laughs> but then as they get to the other setup, like Al just rolls with it and just acts like he's like kicking and punching at Tim yeah. on the ground, which I thought was funny. Uh, yeah, it was a little vindicating. They give it some larfs. <laughs> um... Yeah, and I think the only other thing, lest we forget once again, yeah. is to talk about the grunt count. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, what, uh, Truman? Landon. What would you say the grunt count is for this week? Well, it's not the loneliest number, which is one, but Ooh. it is, uh, I don't remember what it is they say about, it's two. The number is two. Two is just as bad as one. That's yeah. it, it is. So, two is not the loneliest number. Yes. That there ever was. No, no. Two is... Two's company. The, the number of grunts is company. It's two grunts. Okay, let's stop. Why did I do it that way? That was so dumb. It's like the bastard child of talk singing. Um, they, they grunt, there's, two, there's two grunts in the episode. It is low okay. on grunts. But also, this is an episode that is lower on laughs than the others. That's I think true. partially by design because they're trying to be very special. Um, but you know what? I think that each of those grunts, there's one for you and one for me. Oh, that's it's like a Twix bar. <laughs> I don't share my Twix. Uh, you, well, honestly, I don't either. <laughs> Both of those bad boys are for me. You want, you know, like, I'll buy two packets of Twix bars, and you can have the other two there of them. Go. But yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna share that shit. Both of those, <laughs> both of those chocolate fingers are mine. Oh, do you have anything else for this episode? I have nothing else, Landon. Uh, I don't either. So uh, you can also, you can also. Well, I, yeah. I mean, what, what did what? I miss? Are you gaslighting our, our listeners into thinking that they missed the first half of the intro? Uh, yes, I am, actually. You can find information about today's show on our website, which is... www.gruntworkpodcast.com uh, You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter on our website, which is the best way to be notified of new episodes, get our show notes, etc., uh, etc., et see what we're up to. Um, and You don't want to see what we're up to sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like there's just a live feed uh from both of our apartments going into this newsletter you're gonna see a lot of me clipping toenails and a lot of me putting sriracha on various types of food let's also talk about ratings uh you can do this on itunes you know you can find us on any podcatcher but yes itunes you know they're the media mogul uh, apple owns everything they control the world yeah uh, about we... your corporate overlords <laughs> exactly by so, extension ours if you want to help us uh help others find us you know if you can't if you don't have the time to write a re review you can always rate us it takes two seconds you're logged in just you know click click on the on the rightmost star the rightmost star that would be five yes five is the one five stars no not one five stars <laughs> five stars i mean we would appreciate it if you did but vote with your heart but but only if your heart loves our show unequivocally <laughs> only if your heart thinks this is the best podcast you've listened to <laughs> you know what if, you, if you're gonna do anything give us five stars so that we can pass them on to these two british ladies who had to deal with truman's situation in the london underground i don't i don't know what a star is gonna is gonna like and what is a star if not a big ball of gas and that is <laughs> truthfully what i was <laughs> oh my god uh, as dirk diggler said a big bright shining star um and remember that every time that you share us we'll cry when you die i will 
That every time, the more shares we get, the more tears that we'll shed for you. I will put them into a vial even and bury them with you. Yes, yes. And, but it's, so we'll make sure not to cry any more tears after everything's said and done. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on all the various social media places, which is where you can submit your questions, uh, which we will answer on future episodes, um, which is at GruntWorkPod. Um, and with that, I've been Truman Caps. I've been Landon Solano. And remember, if the podcast you're currently listening to doesn't say GruntWork, you're probably not hearing this anyway. See you next week.